Hey everybody, it's Doug and Renee and welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Each episode is designed to encourage, uplift, and motivate you to thrive in your marriage and single life. Be blessed. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm going to let you go first. I didn't forget. All right, just checking. Welcome back to our show. Our show. Yes, not our show, but God show, right? God show. Good. God show, yes. That we he's, are using just, to, oh, he's using us. That's what I was going to say. We're just two vessels, uh, willing and open to... God's use to be of service to him. So I remembered last week, I said, how come you always get to start first? I didn't forget. Okay. So I wanted to see if you was going to forget. You had... I was waiting on you. You was at the mic revved up, ready to go. I was ready to go. (laughs) As was I. Um, So welcome back, everybody. Yes. I'm sorry. I thought she was going to keep talking. I had closed my eyes. I was like, oh, oh she's going to keep talking. He, he done closed his eyes, y'all. Get ready to take a nap. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Got me all choked up. I wasn't going to take a nap, but I thought she was going to go do like a I wasn't gonna go. two minute opening monologue sort of thing. And I, I was wasn't going to go and run the whole show. It's not just about me. Don't you know? Okay. Well, it's Dougie Renee. It's our podcast. Okay. Very well. And we are, this is the third week in the month of March, I think. I don't know. Yes, Not looking third, at third episode. Third yep. episode. Yeah, the month of March, 2023. Wow, 2023 is almost over. <laughs> okay. Guess he wanted to see if I was paying attention. Did y'all catch that? We only a quarter, not even a full quarter of the way through the Before year. Before we know it, it's going to be October. It's still going to be cold. Okay, well, moving right along. <laughs> moving right and along. And we are talking about This Is Us. This Is Us. This Is Us. And we are, again, the song that uh, the Genesis, I guess, uh, the, that precipitated all of this, or not the Genesis, that precipitated all this. The thought or the prayer that came from all of this was the song uh, Waymaker. Waymaker. Yeah. So this week... We are talking about promise keeper, a promise keeping God. Yes, because won't he do it? Yes, he will. (laughs) (laughs) You had to listen to last week's podcast to understand what my wife just did. Uh, Was it last week or the week before? I believe it was last week. Last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So go play the previous episode and you'll definitely understand her call and response. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, giving. I wanted to talk about tithing. And, uh, well, let's just giving and tithing. Let's just start there. And we'll see how and how the Lord uses us over the next few minutes. Yes. Uh, and before you go into that, yes. I just want to say, please stay on Because when you start talking about tithing and you start talking about finances and you start talking about things like that, people get um, immediately um, turned off or put off. Mm -hmm. Um, And the whole idea is we want to remind someone that God is a promise-keeping God. 
that God is true to his word. And we believe that whatever the Lord gives us to say, if you clicked on and started listening, finish all the way through. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you could basically um, chew the meat and spit out the bones. You know, so eat of this uh, word what is meat for you and throw away the bones. That's the part that doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to tell it like um, God has presented it to us. And this is our story. And this is us. Yeah, this is our story. And hopefully (laughs) it would inspire somebody. So basically this is us. These last few weeks have been a bit of testimony service, if you Mm -hmm. will, um, as some church would call it, where we have the mic and we are just telling you the things that God has brought us through and how he's blessed us. So I just wanted to chime in um, just to tell someone, they start. you start talking about money, people start saying, oh, this topic is not for me. Yes, it's for you. But this is for anyone who um, can hear. Okay. And we're not taking up an offering. We're not asking you to send us any tithe or offering or anything like that. I mean, if you so choose to, that's fine. But we are not, that wasn't the purpose, and that's not the purpose of this. Uh, Your tithe should go to your local church. So if you went to church uh, recently and the pastor or whoever was talking about money, giving, and then you turn to this podcast and here we are talking about money and giving and tithing and offerings, then maybe God's trying to tell you something. Just maybe. Yeah, because very rarely do we ever talk about money on this podcast. But because this is us and this is what God has promised keeper, we're talking about the subject promise keeper. We're just giving you our, as Renee said, our testimony. Amen. So starting as, sorry, starting as a young tyke, a little young pup uh, growing up. I think I've I think I've been tithing since I was 14. My first part-time job, first summer job. I would tithe. I I didn't understand the concept of tithing. I just knew there was something you were supposed to do. Grew up in church my whole life and I just knew 10% you give to the Lord. That's that was pretty much all I knew. So sorry. Um my part-time jobs in high school high school, excuse me, um, I tithe, and as my wife can attest, because we knew each other in high school, I pretty much always had a job in high school from the time I was able to work, and you know, they got labor laws, so you can't work until you, I think, 14 or 15, something like that, that was in the summer, but then the, the my last two years in high school, I had part-time jobs after school and my current wife my only wife she was like my, current <laughs> my only wife Renee she well you were my girlfriend at the time we would you know every weekend we would go out dinner in the movies it seemed like you know my little part-time job from this company or that company I was eating it up y'all <laughs> <laughs> I was included in that other 90%. (laughs) (laughs) So we would go out, and I I always had a job. 
and it seemed like I always had money. Yeah, this is my my thought process, my my version. And then even at the time, I wasn't saved. I was just I would just give my mom my tithe because I wasn't even going to church. And but my mom, she was she was still going to church, believing God. And so I would say, Ma, you know, she would give I'd give her my ten percent. And then when she would come home or the next week, she would show me the church that she uh, was going to. They had a roll call. They would put everybody who tied that she would show me like in the bulletin, Douglas Dance. I'm like, yeah, I, I never really got so much into wanting to see my name. I'm like, my thought process was always, even at a young teenager was, whatever they do with the money, that's on them. I'm not, again, this is me being 14, 15. I'm not concerned about what they're doing with the money. I just know I'm supposed to give it. So from an early age, that was my thought process. And I know sometimes people are people who are like, well, what's the pastor doing and what are they doing with my money? That was never my concern. I, that was never my thought process early on, teenager years. So, and, it, and it really shouldn't be yours, to, I mean, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it really shouldn't be yours if you know God told you to to give it, that's where your trust is. Your trust is in God, not in man. Yeah. If God put you at that local church, uh, yeah, that's, I don't understand why you got to have an account for where the tithe is going unless you're a part of the financial group and that's part of your ministry. But if you just, God put you there and you just writing a check or paying however, then it's in. Again, this is just my, my opinion. I don't think you need to have a meeting with the pastor. Hey, pastor, where the money going? That's that's just me. So we go from teenager to young adult. Going to military, still not saved. But I believe, I don't think I tithe through the whole military experience. I think towards the end, maybe towards the end of our military experience, I started tithing. No? no, you okay. was doing you was doing it in the beginning because I remember uh, not understanding why you were sending your mom money. I was like, "We married, we got a family. Why are you sending <laughs> your mother money?" I didn't get that. I, I honestly, and again, this is us at a stage in our lives where we weren't saved, and I didn't know um, when we first got married about the tithing concept. Um, when you told me you were sending money home. I was like, uh, bruh. And I know back then they wasn't saying that, but I was thinking, dude, um, hun, dear, um, we got a child, money is tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't understand it. You were doing it early on just to okay. ans- answer your question. And what, what just hit me was when you're in the military, especially as, in the, as an enlisted person, you go through, you know, coming up in the ranks E1, E2, E3, blah, 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 which you're well aware of. And I noticed every time I was eligible to make the next rank or the next, yeah, next rank up at the opportunity, at that first opportunity, I made it. You know, I passed the test, got enough, whatever, scored high enough on the test, whatever, and I was able to, you know, in three and a half years, yeah, Mm -hmm. three and a half, four years, move up the rankings fairly quickly. And and for my job, and I it didn't just hit me till right now, because I believe because because of the principle of tithing. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, we were not saved back then. We were operating the biblical principle, and we were not saved. Then we get out the military, 
we move and I get a job and again, still not saved. Mm-hmm. And then did I start tithing? I, I remember being us, be, me being invited to church, to a church, but I don't remember if we were tithing before I got saved or if I stopped because I'm just trying to be 100% accurate and I don't um, recall. I vaguely remember you were still tithing. Okay. And then when we started going to, when we joined the church that we started attending, you started tithing there. Mm -hmm. Because I vaguely remember, if my memory, because I mean, this is 30 something years ago, um, your mom asking you about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And you and you said we well, go in the church now and, okay. and planting seed. Okay. There. And and the, the reason I'm bringing up to us tithing all those years is I look back now. This is 2023. I look back at all the companies that I worked at, and we again we're talking about uh, Promise Keeper. One of the one of the first scriptures that um, stuck to me and it's still sticking to me, is when Old Testament, when Joshua, Joseph, God blessed Egypt just because Joseph was there. Mm -hmm. And the scripture is in Genesis 39 and 5. And this has stuck with me for years, and I'm going to try to pull this all together. Egypt was blessed because of Joseph. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Excuse me. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. I have taken that scripture and internalized it and said, whatever company I work for is going to be blessed because I'm there. From, from this was early 90s. Yeah early 90s somewhere around there and i've i've taken that scripture with me and i've i've seen god open doors for me at various companies and i've also seen when i left those companies and i'm not saying there wasn't any believers at those companies or any christians at those companies but i do know when i left that company or those companies they changed they filed for bankruptcy they're no longer in existence Uh, something happened. And so I have taken that, again, we're talking about a promise keeping God. I have taken that scripture for since early nineties to present day to say, I don't know what else is going to go on. I don't know who else is at my company where I currently work at, but I know they're blessed because I'm there. And I know I'm not the only believer there, but I just take that scripture and I, I just believe God because it's been, it's like a part of me. It's been engrafted in me. It's just something I know, not just something I believe. Gotcha. So, sorry. Every time, <laughs> every time I start a sentence off with so, I pop myself. Uh, that's why you keep hearing me say sorry, because I start off a sentence with so. Promise keeping God. What promises has God made you? Now I'm putting this out there to the, to the audience, to the listeners. You have to find a scripture in the Bible or scriptures that 
if somebody was to wake you up in the middle of the night or if somebody was to, I don't know, whatever, you would say, I stand on this. This I stand on. This I know. It's not something I believe. It's not something I heard. It's not something somebody told me about. It's not this I know without a shadow of the doubt. I know that I know that I know. And I know God has blessed me because, one, I don't lie on my resume. That's something I don't do. And God has blessed me to be at companies. I thought I was going to get jobs. I interviewed for jobs. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get this job. Oh, I'm going to get that job. And I didn't get it. You know, sometimes the wind gets knocked out of your sail or sails because you thought you were going to get a job. And in my case, there were a couple of times where I was doing a job that I wasn't being paid for. And how do I say this? Uh, People left, like supervisors, managers left. And I stood, I stood in those positions in an interim basis. I did the job, but then I wasn't paid for the job. And then, <laughs> and then, then, they, then the company hired somebody and I had to train the person. So I'm saying that to say, I still gave. I still paid my tithes. Still gave. Still paid my tithes. Still did the honorable thing. Um, still did the, because that's a character that, those are tests of your character right there when you have to train somebody to be your manager. And so I did it, and this happened to me twice. And after the second time, that's when I, you know, felt the need, the urge, the calling. It was like, okay, I need to go back to school, get education, get a mm-hmm. degree. So I did that, went back to school, got a couple of degrees. But I did. I said all that to say God will bless you. God will bless your finances. God will bless, bless you. He'll bless you. He'll give your spouse wisdom to share with you. Because I, I never forget you telling me, and this was 90, yeah, it was in the 90s. You don't have to make every dollar. Because I was trying to be, you know, because any husband, father wants to provide for their family. But we had three young kids at the time. And the job that was offered to me would have had me traveling. And you said, <laughs> in Renee's way, I'm not going to be a single mother of three because I was hardly ever going to be home. And I said, okay, you don't have to make every, you don't have to try to make every dollar. So I'm trying to help somebody because you may, the way, ah, where's that scripture at? The ways of a man seem right, but. I need to find that scripture because it just hit me. It's in Proverbs, but God's ways prevails over them all. Yeah. So I've said that to say, I know everybody's trying to build their brand and trying to, you know, do this and do that. But at what cost? You don't want to lose your family, lose your spouse, lose yourself, trying to build your brand, trying to build something now that maybe God doesn't want you to build. Maybe God's more concerned about you building you and building up your spouse and building up your children than building your brand. Again, promise keepers. These are, oh, these are, this is a promise that I believe and I'll go to my grave saying whatever company I work for, 
of God blessed me to, you know, start my own business and do my own thing. And, you know, one at one point or in the future, work for my wife and her company. Y'all pray for us. Uh, <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> then y'all pray for us. But uh, if we are able to get to that point, I know your company will be blessed because I'm there. Like I said previously, I know the company where I, where I work right now. I believe they are blessed because I'm there. And I, can I say something? Because yeah. um, I wanted to chime in uh, a few moments ago. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to still make sense with what you're saying. Is that sometimes an open door may appear to be the right door. And it may not necessarily be an opportunity. So you pray about getting a job and then you get a job offer, but it is conflicting with some other prayer in your life. Mm -hmm. Prayer to be there for your family, prayer to be a good wife, to be a good husband, to be a good uh, parent, to be, you know, present. And, but you get this open door and sometimes there, um, something that appears good may not be godly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's the, the way I'm trying to put it is a good opportunity may not be a God opportunity. Exactly. And you may see something and you say, okay, I've been applying the principles, I've been giving, I've been tithing, I've been doing all this. And then you get a job opportunity or you get some promotion opportunity or you get something that says, okay, well, we may have to relocate the family, but it's not in the best interest of the collective unit or for the um, entire, what do you, your corporate, mm-hmm. um, you're looking for a corporate blessing. When yep. you're married, you have to look at the totality of everything, not just individually. Oh, I'm going to be making so much more money. That was the situation mm-hmm. where I said, I'm not going to be a single parent. Exactly. Um, because it was challenging with one child when you was in the military and you came back and said, I'm going to be home. You know, I'm here. Da, 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 da. And then the opportunity presents itself. I said all of that to say that when opportunities present itself, still be in prayer. Still, you know, keep applying the principles when doors close. Um because all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to their purpose. That means even closed doors. That means it's working for your purpose. Sometimes we can't see on the other side. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's on the other side of that door, what trouble you might be walking into. It may look good on the outside. And then, you know, it's like biting into an apple that looks shiny and red on the outside. But when you bite into it, it's rotten on the inside. You just never know what you're walking into. So you have to trust God because he is a promise keeper. If he tells you he's going to provide a job, it's not going to conflict with something else in your life. It's not going to mean, oh, now you can't go to church anymore because they want you to work on Sundays, Sundays yeah. or whatever day you uh, you worship. Um, or it's going to take you away from you as really being a very present parent with going to your child's recitals and their sports events and um, helping with homework and helping with the chores around the house. But now you're being pulled from there. I'm not saying this isn't the case for some people, but God is a God of order. He is not going to pull you away because now you're making 50000 more dollars a year but now your family is is torn apart mm-hmm. because they those kids um they need you present those that time you cannot get back 
they remember the time you spent with them more than they remember the treasures yep. you gave in them. So time versus treasures um, when it comes to your family. And I just wanted to chime in about that. Every good opportunity isn't a God opportunity. And it's it's interesting you said that because our our son's now older. And so we have different conversations with them. And they remember the time we spent with them, especially when, you know, I'm having conversations with our sons now and like, yeah, I remember we did this and we did that. And pops, I remember this. I remember. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you don't remember the bikes we bought, the roller skates, the, you know, that other stuff. They remember the time yes. that we spent with them. And so while you're like Renee was saying, you can't be so focused on grabbing the dollar and getting the bag that you, something's going to give. There's only 24 hours in a day. There's only, you know, you can only be somewhere. You can't be everywhere. You're not omnipresent. You're not God. You can't be everywhere all at once. So if you're on the East Coast, physically impossible to be on the West Coast. So you you have to understand that every good and perfect gift comes down from above. Exactly. And even if you're tithing, that doesn't promise you that, okay, I'm tithing, and you're, that means you're going to constantly get an increase. This is Doug's testimony. Mm-hmm. That tithing may mean God's going to stretch what you already have. Oh, yeah. That tithing may mean that your car is not going to break or your, your washer and dryer is going to last mm-hmm. longer. You know, that may mean that a bill is going to decrease. There are so many different ways to look at it than always looking at it as increase. Mm-hmm. Sometimes tithing is um, God stretching per- preservation. Yeah. yeah. He, him being a promise keeper, meaning he's going to make, he's going to stretch things out. Uh, he's going to um, show you favor when you go to buy a car, you mm-hmm. get a lower percentage weight. That's another way that we could look at how God was a promise keeper in our lives yeah. with you applying the principles of tithing. We had jacked up credit jacked early up. in our marriage. Jacked up. And because we didn't know how to, and God blessed us some way, somehow to rebuild our credit, but still get good interest rates. Mm-hmm. Yep. We bought a home with a good interest rate. They didn't give us an astronomical interest mm-hmm. rate. We got a car with a very low interest rate. And I remember the car salesman telling us, go to this dealership, go to that dealership. And I remember, I just remember that. So, yeah, interest rates. You know, you're not paying 18, 20% interest on a car loan. No, We we were not. And that was God's favor. So at the same time of us rebuilding our credit, we was paying low interest rates. And most people you'll hear, they had to pay an astronomical rate to establish themselves. God established us while we was establishing Mm -hmm. ourselves. And that was... You know, just another um, example. Another example, thank mm-hmm. you, of how God has been a promise keeper in our life. I remember, again, back back then, us driving to and from church, and we probably lived 30 minutes from the church we were going to on week on the weekdays, Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And I I don't remember the gas, the needle on the gas tank going down. We didn't have the money in the natural 
but we were tithing and because we wanted we wanted to learn more, we wanted to grow, gas just God just stretched the gas in our gas tank. I remember that. Yes. I remember my last company, I was a manager because and that, this is important to what I'm about to say. So I know we were not getting raises or bonuses for a particular year. I know it just wasn't happening. But I remember my manager coming in and saying, we're going to give you X, this bonus or this raise. Nobody else is getting a raise. And I know that because I was in those meetings that nobody else was getting bonuses or raises. But God blessed me. God favored me. Again, I've this scripture that I just said, that I just read to you all, is embedded in me. It's ingrained in me that I just believe no matter what company I work for, they're going to be blessed because I work there. And I want to add my scripture um, that God blessed me when we when I first got saved. God is it's resonated within me, which I think ties into all of this that we're saying. Um, is Matthew six and thirty three, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Even though. I appreciate Doug saying we were tithing, we were tithing, and he didn't tell you the backstory. I wasn't, I wasn't a tither initially. He was always tithing, and we had uh, conversations, um, very intense passionate, intense. Of there you go, <laughs> intense moments of fellowship about him giving that money. This is me, how I would say it back then, giving money to the church when we needed money. And I don't know at what point in time where it kind of clicked within me um, to partner with him, to be in agreement with him, which was so important, which created an even greater blessing over our entire household or what they would say corporately, um, because we both believe in the principle of tithing. And for me, that still uh, stands with seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When you put God first, whether it's your money, whether it's your family, whether it's your health, whatever it is, if you put God first, seek him first for everything, everything you need will be added unto you. If you need food on the table, he's a promise keeper. If you need clothes on your back, he's a promise keeper. If you need healing, he's a promise keeper. There's a scripture in every, all those things I just talked about in the Bible. God is a promise keeper. And um, when I say that call and response, won't he do it? Yes, he will. That <laughs> is definitely has been a mantra of mine in having conversations with myself where God, you've been so good to me. I know that you're going to do it. Yes, you will. I don't wait for anybody else to tell me that he's going to do it because I know I have sought him, I have found him, and he has um, added everything that we needed to our life. We can even talk about promise keeper as it relates to our marriage, mm-hmm. the prayers we've prayed over each mm-hmm. other, but that would make this uh, this podcast so much longer, and we really do try to make it palatable yeah. in our time. So I, I want to say one one quick thing. When you were talking about you don't know when we, when you, um, for lack of a better phrase, I'm paraphrasing, Mm -hmm. got on board. Mm -hmm. We had a conversation, and this wasn't necessarily about tithing. This was about giving. 
I don't know if you've ever been to church where pastor get up, say, hey, I need a thousand people to give a thousand bucks. I would jump up without consulting you. And you, we had a conversation like, hey, we need to talk about these things before you decide to, you know, jump up and say, oh, I'll give a thousand dollars, whatever the number was. And so I think one of the things that I learned was that we have to come in agreement when we're giving. Again, this is above ties. This is like offering. This is like special mm-hmm. offers, things like that, building campaign, whatever it may be. Uh, I learned that I need to talk to my wife and we need to be in agreement about what are we going to do. That's something I, I hope and pray somebody gets something out of that. I don't know why the Lord wanted me to share that, but just don't be out there. Oh, I'm going to. I was I don't want to say an emotional giver, but sometimes you get caught up in the service. And <laughs> yes, you did, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes, you know, just pastor may say one thing or whatever. It, it's OK. You can go home, pray about it, talk about it, you know, and then come back. You know, maybe you can't do this number, but you can do that number, whatever it may be. Just right. be in agreement. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom <laughs> of God and all his righteousness will be added unto you. And I just wanted to um just say it's important not to give uncom- out of compulsion um, or feeling like you are coerced. God always is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's not going to force you. So we're not saying any of this to make you feel like you have to do it out of the the, the out of your heart. Mm-hmm. You have to want to do it because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And I believe in the early years when I gave and I wasn't cheerful about it, I just did it because, okay, the Bible says I have to. I think I really, um, it affected how I got, um, the the principles didn't work for me basically Mm -hmm. initially until I learned to really appreciate the love of, um, of giving and the scripture that Doug talked about earlier was is in Proverbs nineteen. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you. Twenty one. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Okay, got it. Um, we talked about that earlier, and we kind of went on um, right. sharing you. some of the things. So I wanted to share that scripture. Uh, but we hope that this podcast was a blessing to you. And next week we will finish up and we will pray as we do always. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.